Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints, Jude, verse 3, don't ask me the chapter. Preaching apologetically, contending for the faith, agonizomai, it's a struggle, it's a boxing at the wind, uh, it's a boxing of the, uh, you, you know, the spirit realm, you're, you're fighting these things, Ephesians 6, it's how we fight these things. One of the goals in teaching, as you already know, is to exhort your listeners with sound doctrine. Duh, we get it. But explaining to them what is right and how it is right. In Ephesians, you know the you know the passage four, eleven and twelve. All the blessings that the Lord has given to His church, uh, providentially through people. And one of those jobs for you, preacher, specifically your 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 job is to contend for the faith. Yes, preach the word of God. Yes, but to equip the saints for the work. Your job is to get the church to work, and to do it through contending for the faith. But another goal is refuting those who are wrong, not just preaching what is right, but also uh, basically, there's no way around it, calling out what is wrong, what is false. It's huge. We we have to do that. Not just just necessarily things that are wrong uh, opinion-wise. Opinions have no place in the pulpit. uh, But the truth you know, pointing out what's wrong, refuting those things that are wrong, that are that are contradictory, that that are contrary to sound doctrine. In Titus chapter one, verses seven and nine, you and I well know it. Uh, especially if you're an elder listening to this, you've cut your teeth on this a thousand times. I trust. Verses seven through nine, for the overseer, he he must uh, he must be holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able to, to both, number one, exhort in sound doctrine, and number two, refute those who contradict it. Faithfully teaching God's word in an expository way will go a long way in helping your listeners understand and walk in sound doctrine. But, but they also need help uh, seeing the errors of those who contradict sound doctrine. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying get up there and name every religious group, every religious person, uh, and, and just gutting them like a, a wild hog. Uh, no, 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 I'm not saying to do that. You are very aware that there are a variety of groups that offer alternative, um, even her- heretical views of certain scriptures. Uh, you're familiar with Jehovah's Witness, with Mormons, with Muslims. Uh, you think about those who practice homosexuality, uh, and they call themselves homosexual, not just those who practice these things. I don't think a person biblically biblically defined a person is not a homosexual. A person is um, a person is defined that by their sin, um, not because that's how they were born. Anyway, another subject for another day. But even if it's those things, or you know, emerging church leaders, you know, word of faith teachers, quote, you know, whatever. 
the wise shepherd who is concerned for the well-being of the flock will be on the lookout for opportunities. Uh, not trigger happy, but somebody who is, who, is, who is well aware of an opportunity to lovingly, quote, refute those who contradict sound doctrine. That's the idea. For example, when he comes to a verse that affirms the deity of Christ, let's say John 5, or John 8, 858, uh, John 20, 28, rather than just affirming what it says, he might also take the time to refute the typical Jehovah's Witness responses uh, to that verse. Uh, go to Galatians chapter 1. If there is another doctrine taught, another gospel taught, there is not another, but let's just pretend for the sake that an angel brings it, he says, uh, no. No, if an angel comes and gives you something different, no. No, it's a lie. It's a lie. Let that person be damned as they breathe. As they breathe out false doctrine, they're lost. So it's very clear to see how, how the Lord responds to something that is completely false and completely damning. Um, when teaching through a passage uh, that's, that's commonly attacked by critics, such as God... Uh, well, let's say when, when God demands the, the destruction of the Canaanite cities... Uh, Deuteronomy 20, uh, Joshua chapter 6. The wise preacher, the wise teacher in the class, the wise elder shepherd of the church might spend some time responding to the critics' objections. If you're preaching on these things, respond to the critics. Give your people the meat, not just of the truth, but how to refute that which is wrong. This is preaching apologetically. Apologia, in defense, a fight for. This is contending for the faith, Jude verse 3. Your listeners should not be getting apologetics once or twice a year when a guest speaker comes into town or we hire Mike Klein or Kyle Budd or, or Bill Davis or Joe Wells or Dean Meadows or, or, or fill in the blank. That's not, that should not be the only time. And in fact, if it is, we're not properly training the church. Um, I will go ahead and throw this plug in. Dean Meadows is a great friend of mine. Uh, the group that he is with, The Daily Apologist. Free material. Get online. I think it's thedailyapologist.com maybe. I don't know. .org. I don't remember. But Dean Meadows, uh, he is now a Virginia college minister. Uh, seek him out. Facebook. Find him. Look it up. Google it. Free stuff. Free classes. Great seminars. Have him come in and do a seminar. He 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 goes head to head with a lot of the the atheists in the world and and uh, the humanists of the world. And so anyway, great brother, great work. We got to have these these tools in our kids' hands and in our church members' hands. Uh, it's often said that we're not having to, uh, you know, fifty years ago, the church was having to convince people there that there was one there, that there was such a thing as there is one church. Now we're having to com to convince people that there is a thing such as God altogether. So anyway, if you don't know how to do that, you're not equipped, and you're not equipping the church. <laughs> Acknowledge that and go get <laughs> go get some help. Go get some help. Don't don't leave your church stranded. So uh, I would suggest that you do those things. Uh, you know, there there's uh, thinking looking down at my notes here. Uh, there's some uh, Norman Geisler has a book, uh, the Big Book of Bible Difficulties. Uh, keep that one. Keep that one on your on your desk. I think it was entitled. Um, it used to be entitled "When Critics Ask," but now it's now it's called "The Big Book of Bible Difficulties." It addresses you know book by book in order just about every passage of the Bible 
that that folks and cults and, ch- and church alike uh, liberal agendas want to twist uh, or they want to scoff at and mock whatever it is. Another one uh, by Ron Rhodes is called "Commonly Misunderstood Bible Verses." Uh, of course, both of those things take the meat, eat it, devour it, pass it out, spit out the bones. But preach apologetically and contend for the faith. I would push that to you. And not just that, uh, but speak to the current issues of the day. Uh, D.A. Carson says, Failure to show the bearing of the gospel on such issues is merely to trumpet that there is no bearing. So obviously, obviously, as you teach through the word of God, you're looking for opportunities to show what bearing God's word has on many of the current issues today. Let's just let's just take a toll, take a list. Pornography, boom, it's a big one. Islam, it may not be big where you are, but it may be big where somebody else is. Uh, abortion, that's big everywhere. Homosexuality, moral relativism, religious pluralism, there we go. Middle East tensions, environmental issues, war, euthanasia, cloning, stem cell research, capital punishment, substance abuse, same-sex marriage, or for us today, critical race theory, uh, all these things that are current issues, they, they, need to be, they need to be brought in the lens of the gospel. Not your opinion, not your movement, not your, not your persuasion, not your color or lack thereof, not your culture, but what does the gospel have to say about this issue? That's how we get out of the way. That's how we preach up apologetically. I see some preachers, both of color and of not color, who get up and preach certain issues, and they preach it based off of how and who they are, not how the gospel responds, not what the gospel has to say, but how they feel, how they feel, and the pulpit has no place in that. There's no place for my feelings in the pulpit in regards to an issue. I'm not apologetic. It's just the truth. God's word is what will stand when this world is on fire, not how I felt in the in the current situation. Now, although the Bible doesn't mention some of the things that we've just talked about uh, or just mentioned, some of these issues um, it speaks it speaks directly to the principle of these issues. And, and, and these are issues that people are confronted with uh, daily, sometimes daily, sometimes monthly, sometimes ever so often. But, but this is the culture, this is the news, this is the, the social media, this is where we are. And many people want to know what the Bible has to say about these issues. So as the opportunity presents itself, as you're gathering together to preach your sermons, as you're pulling in how many ever sermons you're going to preach and what you're going to preach on and how long are you going to go and all of those kind of things, all the planning that you're going to do. You've got to keep these things in mind. These things matter because the gospel matters and the gospel deals with these things. D.A. Carson also said, Christian preachers are not authorized to duck important issues. At the same time, these issues not de- must not determine his message. Yet failure to show the bearing of the gospel on such issues is merely to trumpet that there is no bearing. Our task then is to be expositors of the word of God, yet to exercise that ministry in the time and place where God has providentially placed us. Two books, let me give you some more. Two books that will help you speak about these issues from a biblical perspective. 
Christian Ethics, Options and Issues by Norman Geisler. There he is again. We've mentioned him. And there's a similar uh, but a shorter book called Love Your Neighbor. I know. I know. How original. And it says, Loving Your Neighbor, Thinking Wisely About Right and Wrong. And, of course, you're welcome, Norman Geisler, Ryan Snuffer. So those things, as you think about preaching and teaching, and preaching and teaching apologetically and to current issues, uh, the current issues of the day don't sway the pulpit. They don't tell us where to go. Uh, but when the wind blows, we redirect ourselves. We make sure that we know where we are going. We make sure the church uh, can, to, can, you know, steady the rail and, and, and guide, guide, the, guide the rudder under the boat. Uh, we know where we're going. And so as things come up, as issues arise, uh, I, know, I know it's here Friday, Friday evening, late in the evening, but as you're thinking about preaching, maybe you're preaching about apologetics, maybe you're preaching uh, to, to folks to not only understand what's right, but how to refute those who are in error. Let's remember to do it with wisdom, with tact, with love, with kindness, as we love uh, the Lord, as we love one another. May God bless you in your preaching and teaching apologetically.